I want to speak to you about the three qualities of the gunas in existence as per the Vedic texts and how it relates to Vedic astrology and the houses and the quality of the houses that it embodies each house. So the three qualities in existence and this relates to our personally to human beings as the qualities of our thoughts, the qualities of our emotions, the quality of our personalities the qualities of the food and drink we eat it carries through creation it's not just one thing it affects all energies it affects all consciousness it affects everything and it even affects the food and type of food and drink we have so even ayurveda takes these three forces into consideration what are you trying to balance in the body are these three energies even the Godhead, which is the in Hindu, the Brahma, the Vishnu and the Shiva are these three aspects. So let's see what those aspects are just from a quality point of view. Because if we examine from a quality point of view, then we get a better understanding in terms of astrology and the energies that each of the houses, house number 1 through 12, carries in our charts. So what are these qualities? Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Sattva stands for conceptual level or the idea level of things. It stands for balance, it stands for harmony, it stands for goodness and purity. Now this goodness and purity is relatable only as a conceptual form. The higher vibration, the highest vibration of a thing is the sattvic form of it. So it is constructive creativity. It seeks higher awareness, higher vibration of all kinds of things. So this is the seeking point which all of us human beings aspire to. A higher awareness, a higher consciousness, a higher emotional value, a higher mind, a higher heart and so on and so forth. We can take it to any level as you get my drift. Second one is Rajas. Rajas is movement. Constant oscillatory movement is Rajas which stands for passion, it translates as passion, it translates as activity, movement. It also stands for individuation, like the Uranus energy. I'm trying to relate here to astrological parts, okay? So it stands like Mercury, it stands like Venus, it stands like Uranus, it stands like um, Pluto, right? Or Mars even. So it wants to move, 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 move things around, move the energies around, move things in physicality, in every dimension really and the last one being tamas or inactivity materialization of things making things concrete brick and concrete things of this universe so it stands for inactivity it stands for inertia because anything material wants to sit in one place right the newton's law of motion kind of thing it wants to remain in a state of rest inertia grounding in terms of personality it can be selfish as ego means egotistical people right in terms of human nature in terms of personalities like i me myself what can i get for myself out of this whole thing always looking for deals like that the extreme version can be narcissism so but basically the tamasic energy is materialistic it's physical it's wanting to make things solid understand it in absolute sense like that one so starting from the top again sattva 
is idea or concept level rajas is movement or passion level activity level then the third one tamas is material level or the stationary level the inertial level of things now i have put three arrows there as you can see the arrows are constantly moving between the three energies sattva rajas tamas are constantly in a state of dynamic balance in the creation in the universe in all dimensions of existence it's like constantly moving around all the elements are present in all of us understand this very very clearly it's not that you just keep seeking sattva and become sattvic as is popularly want to be told even in india that's a misconception folks if you read the upanishads it is all three of them present in everything all the time that's the way the creation is built it's a triangular kind of balance balance of the three forces all the time okay everywhere so understand this as gunas or the qualities of existence now we come to the four ways of seeking that we humans indulge in we all are seeking for something other or the other in different aspects of our life we are seeking something in thought we are seeking some feeling we are seeking some kind of a physical actualization of things in our life we are seeking something all of the other time now the ancients in india the the rishis and the ones who wrote the vedic literature and the upanishads and so on and so forth they classified them into four basic types of seeking this is my interpretation folks take it for what is worth you can do your own googling you can take what resonates with you here okay i am translating in a way in which i have understood so dharma actually means you are seeking meaning and you are seeking the conceptual value of whatever it is that you are looking for it may be a thought it may be an emotion it may be a task it may be people relationships business jobs it may be any area now i am talking with respect to astrology also here as an overlap next one is artha artha is taken in sanskrit to be these are all sanskrit words obviously artha is literally taken as meaning but actually artha means seeking the means and the tools for accomplishing tasks so it's a level of grounding as an example i can say dharma means let's say i want to have a piece of cake make a piece of cake and eat it artha means what do i need for making that cake you get the import of this so artha is seeking means and the tools for accomplishing what that dharma that i am seeking that is the artha it's a sanskrit word seeking means is artha next one on the list is as you can see kama kama means seeking desire and fulfillment the emotional center so kama means seeking desire okay and last one moksha is seeking liberation from meanings and desires so whatever you have been seeking and doing in dharma artha and kama parts of seeking you let go of all of those 
because every meaning every thought form every emotional form is just a construct for the soul to have an experience i'm just strictly speaking as per upanishads and vedas here the vedic texts say all that the soul desires is expansion and experience all embodied consciousness or human bodies that have ever been there are all seeking this in their own individual ways so they go through these phases dharma artha kama and moksha first seeking meaning and concept and next artha seeking means and tools to accomplish that kama means now you are seeking desire and fulfillment out of those that means you thought i will eat a cake artha means you went and got the things that you need to make a cake kama means you are actually eating the cake moksha means you are done with the cake see the stages i'm just putting it in very very simple terms here so it's not too complicated or abstract now in the next one we will see how these relate to the 12 houses of vedic astrology now let's talk about the house meanings and what they mean to each other from my take on vedic astrology perspective and what i have seen so the blue shaded portion are called the kendras or the foundations of a person's life this diamond big diamond in the center is the kendra house or the foundational house everything that happens within the blue house affects the person singularly as in it shakes the very foundations of their self and their sense of self and what they are to do in the world it's very predominant aspect <coughs> and the ones outside the diamond all are something that are added on to you as talents or removed from you as gains and losses or acquisitions and losses okay so these are called the konas or trikonas or triangles because they are all triangular shaped okay right so the first house stands for self which is your head right the sense of self first house is the sense of self the second house is your family your sense of stability of life your earned wealth it also stands for the family you were born in or the family you will create it also stands for earned wealth when you will earn it when you will become a working professional of some kind or a businessman of some kind the third house stands for skills your ability as skills communication short travels your sense of individuality how you stand apart the first sense of individuality and expenses for self means what you expend on yourself to cultivate all of this go on short travels cultivate your individuality your communication skill your social media your abilities in all kinds of physical attributes third house also stands for arms what you do with your arms your hands okay the fourth house now we come into the foundational part again stands for mother your heart energy what resides in your fourth house resides in your heart pretty much okay it also stands for house real estate whatever you want to buy as real estate cars your sense of stable things which you call home it also stands for home 
The fifth house is the house of creativity, your creative center. Your sense of self as in who are you personally? What is your creative self all about? What are your loves? What are your desires as in romantic love and desires? It also stands for children. The outcome of love as children, as procreation. It also stands for gain as personal wealth. Your personal sense of wealth is derived from the fifth house, your gut. It also stands for your stomach, by the way, the fifth house. <clears throat> the sixth house is for daily grind. It's a daily work. It stands for small illnesses. You're working for self here, your daily routines. What you do work for yourself. It also stands for whatever you do in the waking hours when you're awake from morning till sleep your known enemies whom you know in the world as your enemies it also stands for small illnesses cold cough fever that kind of a thing it also stands for energy expense on self what you gain as personal wealth is expended here okay that's the sixth house the seventh house is the house of spouse, is the house of romantic relationships, it's the house of the other, it's the house of all others and what you bring to others, legal contracts, business partnerships, what ties and binds you have with the external world and even from your own marriage, okay, it all external ties is the other self, it's the seventh house. This is where your journey begins in the external world. Your eighth house stands for other's family, as in if you get married here, the eighth house is your in-laws, right? So other people's family as your spouse's family or your in-laws. It stands for instability of life as opposed to second house, which is your stability sense of life. Every one of us has got a stable part of life and an unstable part of life. So eighth house stands for instability. Eighth house also stands for others' wealth, what you inherit, maybe from your in-laws, maybe from your wife's side or husband's side. That's the eighth house. Eighth house also stands for the sexual organs area, by the way. So it's everything gained from your spouse, which you take into the eighth house, is here you get married, here you indulge yourself in the marital acts, so to speak. Ninth house stands for life philosophy. What you develop through maturing years as your life philosophy, right from the times you are a young adult, teenager, and going on right up till ripe old age. You keep changing your life philosophy as you gain life experiences. So this stands for that. Your personal life philosophy, not philosophy as the general world philosophy, okay? What it means to you. It also stands for foreign travels. For example, Third house is short travels in and around your city. Ninth house is for foreign travels where you go abroad, okay, with respect to your native house. It stands for worldview as opposed to your individuality in the third house. So as you can see, opposite houses have opposite qualities. You will see it everywhere. You can compare second and eighth, first and seventh, fourth and tenth. So it stands for worldview. What is your view of the world? Are you cross-cultural? Are you liber libertarian or you're a conservative kind of a person? Are you more local or are you more worldview kind of a person? What is your worldview? What's your view of the world? Put it simply. 
and what you expend for others in the form of your wisdom knowledge money everything this is where even ninth house stands in a person for the children's higher education your higher education so that requires some money to spend so that's expenses for others then we come to the foundational house once again the kendra house is the 10th house 10th house stands for father or the head okay it also stands for career it also stands for job business what you do in the external world typically the father here is more like a archetype this mother is an archetype father is an archetype it can mean anything so the father as a head here okay it also stands for the head what you do with your mind as in head this is the sense of self as in the head 11th house is the opposite of the 5th house where you are exploring creativity in the 5th house you are giving away that creativity to the community 11th house is all about greater community of the world it can also stand for social media these days because the greater community what is your sense of community what is your sense of fulfillment of love and desires here you make loves and desires for yourself there you actually fulfill it or not whichever depending upon how your chart is this is what you gain wealth from others here is your personal wealth as your gifts and talents and education and all the rest of it your loves and desires this is your personal sense of wealth here is what you gain from the world so it's more or less like money money fame everything that you gain from the world depends upon what you're putting out from 5th house to 11th house okay 12th house the final one stands for service to others let's compare it with the 6th house working for self in the 6th house and bringing it as service to others in the self in the 12th house so it also stands for sleeping hours as opposed to waking hours in the 6th house it stands for hidden enemies as opposed to known enemies you know who your enemies are in the 6th house you don't know who your enemies are in the 12th house so depending upon how strong or weak these houses are some people have more hidden enemies which they say oh i never know he knew he or she is my enemy or they did such and such a thing to me it can be even in the family so those are the hidden enemies it also stands for chronic illnesses as opposed to small illnesses the blood pressure the diabetes all these kind of chronic illnesses are in the 12th house ones which require hospitalization 12th house also stands for hospitalization and energy expense towards others all these things requires you expending your energy towards others it also is sleeping hours psychic dreams spirituality all the rest of it that's the 12th house now as an end note i want you to remember this and i also want you to see this particular aspect the way i see it this is the higher aspect of what goes on in every single chart I want you to have this image in mind. I want you to revisit this particular part of every presentation that I'm going to include because you will need this going forward. As I see it, this is the vertical split in every chart. The left half is feminine. It's intuitive. It goes inwards. Everything you cultivate towards self. The right half is the masculine. It is creative as opposed to intuitive. It goes outwards. and it goes towards others the rest of the world everything that goes on in this half of the chart is towards the external world everything that goes on in this half of the world 
is your internal world what you do for self okay this will play out in every single part in fact it plays out even in as left and right side of our body a body if you want to go down the tantric yoga system the kundalini is right in the center of us it's right along this axis the left half is feminine and the right half is masculine it's even in tantra yoga okay so i'll leave you with this much and i want you to have this whole slide and image in mind as we move towards each and every ascendant okay i will discover um i will bring forth my own intuitive knowledge understanding and how i have seen perceived according to vedic knowledge and study of other texts as well not just astrology of different ascendants and how they play out in each of the ascendants so you might need to revisit this at that time okay now for the taurus ascendant in the first house we have a rajas and artha meaning these people right from the time they are young they will start thinking in terms of the how recognizing resources and abilities what resources do i have do i have what kind of resources do i have they are investigating resources all the time because number 2 taurus falls in the first house this is where the mind is driven and so how do their paths evolve in the house number 2 they have rajas and kama meaning their desires and the rajas meaning it's a moving energy throughout life so they want to keep moving and discovering with their mercury and venus skills the what they have to answer the what discovery of skills desires and communications begins in the second house for them so they begin very early in life with their family second house is for the immediate family and even after marriage their self made family In the third house for the Taurus ascendant you get sattva and moksha that's the first point of liberation for them the first point the first for what is answered with connecting with their heart so the Taurus ascendant people need to connect with their heart in terms of recognizing their ability and skills which ironically is also this what they are beginning with so if the Taurus ascendant people want to progress in life they need to start answering the how and for what purposes very strongly in their life the first house and the third house because that's what connects them and gives them drive for rest of their life in the fourth house the taurus ascendant have sattva and dharma this is where they get sattvic they are, they want to talk about concepts and they want to know why i am doing this so the questions the why and the how are answered by the taurus ascendants using creative intelligence and education which in this case falls in their fourth house so they need to answer and get very creative and very intelligent implementation of whatever they are into at their home front very early in life so if you have a taurus ascendant child you can encourage them to start doing this at home a lot start getting creative about your creative talents in the fifth house the taurian ascendants of tamas and artha meaning this is where they ask the ask and answer the questions the what and the where that means they are looking for work routines for self so for taurus ascendants education pretty much is about work and routines for self because this is the fifth house 
But Virgo is falling in the fifth house, so they are looking for grounding. The first point of grounding for the Taurus ascendants is in their education. Remember, there is no tamas anywhere here. That means the first time they ground anything is when they start having the mainstream education in whatever field. And it begins with work and routines. They need to get really routine about some things rather than just asking the questions and discovering stuff. Okay. In the sixth house, they have Rajas and Kama, meaning they have a lot of desires. And this desire is the who. Fulfilling need for connection, but it's coming in the sixth house. So they are looking for partnerships and connections at work. So when they start working, these people could do really well with good connections and partnerships. Because this is the basic energy of that house. It is looking for connection and companion. In this case, it is not more of a sense of spouse, since sixth house stands for daily work. So this connection will be of a business partnership if they are into business. In the seventh house is Tamas and Moksha, the second for what? The first for what is being fulfilled in the, in the third house for them. In the seventh house for Taurus Ascendants, we have Tamas and Moksha. That means for what? Finding the core desires. If they want to learn of core desires, the Taurus Ascendant should check with their spouse, with their love interest. They have some secret lying there that will be very useful if they connect deeper with their spouse, with their love interest. This is very crucial for Taurus to prosper because this is the second of the moksha they are discovering here. First they will discover within themselves, second they will discover it in their spouse. In the eighth house, Taurus ascendant has sattva and dharma, which where they are asking the question, the what, the where and the who. This is Sagittarius falling in the eighth house. So in this case, they ask the questions, the what and the where and the who of life of what it means this result of this marriage if they have investigated the result of why they went into the marriage in the first place then they will get to this place very nicely seeking higher meaning seeking philosophical approach to life to wisdom they are gained in the eighth house for the Taurus people in the ninth house they have Rajas and Artha meaning they ask the questions here the how the what and the where this is the Capricorn sign. So they're talking about career, job, business. So for Taurus ascendants, since it falls in the ninth house, they would be better off at asking higher wisdom and philosophy as a job, as a mainstream career, because the career house is falling in the ninth place. So typically this will be a good place for Taurus to work. Foreign countries, ninth house is foreign lands, worldview and those kind of things. In the 10th house, they have Aquarius falling in, 11th, which is Sattva and Kama, the realization of desires. The second higher aspect of Kama is being fulfilled here. The first one was in their workplace with the business partner. So that has evolved now into the career itself. So Taurus people need to look at their 6th house and their 10th house because this is the graduation of desire, graduation of the work companion that they sought here in the sixth house 
and now they are working with that person. So this will give them fulfillment in earth, this will give them gains and connections. That's the 10th house. In the 11th house for Taurus ascendants, Tamas and Moksha, which means the why me factor. Why me? That will be answered if they participate with the community because 11th house stands for community gains and they are seeking moksha over there meaning a Taurus person's greatest liberation will come from participation in social media finding friends and connections and deeper meanings there in the 12th house they have Aries Rajas and Dharma the why the why did they need to do all of this stuff in their life will be answered finally in the spiritual house the 12th house as the why the fundamental why need to find path purpose and direction of the self is answered for them through spiritual seeking okay keep watching for the remaining ascendants